0: Welcome to the Protoss Podcast. Today's date is Friday the 11th of June and you're listening to a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the past week as reported by us. Victims of a $3.6 billion South Korean Ponzi scheme are still hopeful that their investments will return despite police investigations pointing to every other outcome. The first country to make Bitcoin legal tender, El Salvador, is beginning to see the shortcomings of combining Bitcoin with an IMF loan. And the nonprofit organization, the Lifeboat Foundation, has made some bold claims about its Bitcoin funds and just exactly how much they own or where the money is going. But first, to start the week. Our week started off with news that cheer miners have discovered some rather cheeky loopholes when it comes to getting help for their fried gear. As reported weeks ago, creating new cheer tokens isn't particularly good for your everyday hard drive. In fact, it'll most probably fry it in a matter of weeks. So sneaky miners, or farmers as they like to be known, have been snapping up SSD drives, running them into the ground and then exploiting manufacturer warranties. But now tech companies are hitting back with one even going as far as to nerf its own tech to make them far less attractive to cheer miners. US company PNY was caught downgrading some of its more popular hard drives the other week, slashing the rates of its xlr SSDs by up to 79%. The firm's hard drives, all the way up to its 2TB variants, were previously able to process up to 3,115TB worth of data over time. Now, however, some of these largest drives will tap out just after 660TB, although a statement from PNY has reassured that regular users won't be affected by the new warranty time periods as long as the SSDs are used as intended. All problems of availability are also cropping up regarding Cheer. Its so-called proof-of-space-and-time consensus algorithm has drawn steady criticism for contributing to across-the-board hard drive shortages, a problem that echoes the graphics card shortage spurred by Ethereum earlier this year. Proof-of-space-and-time was designed to make mining new coins more environmentally friendly by replacing energy-intensive crypto mining rigs with mostly empty hard drives. New scientists reported last month that Chia had close to 3 million terabytes of hard disk space devoted to mining it. To Tuesday now and victims of a $3.6 billion South Korean crypto Ponzi scheme still believe they'll get their money back. However, their refusal to face facts looks to be hampering police investigations. Seoul headquartered exchange V Global was apparently a front for an elaborate scheme that fleeced nearly 70,000 hopefuls out of 4 trillion won. V Global toured the country, promising investors who sunk at least 6 million won, equivalent to $5,300, that they would triple their returns. When Gyeonggi Police Agency swooped in to arrest V-Global's CEO and 70 employees last month, the investigation started in January, by the way, it looked to end the story. Now, 130 investors have agreed to file a joint class action lawsuit against V-Global, while $240 billion won, that's $215 million, has been confiscated by the authorities. However, the authorities have hit a rather odd series of delays. They say efforts to prosecute suspects and claw back stolen money aren't progressing as victims are still clinging on to hope that the scheme is legit. As reported by Korea June Ang Daily, there are a number of reasons that explain why victims aren't coming forward. Many simply believe what they were told when they invested, that money would eventually be returned even if something went wrong, a police investigation, for example. Others are presumed into holding out on police by close friends desperate to see their initial investment returned. And amazingly, the alleged scammers themselves have reportedly contacted some victims urging them to sit tight. Lawyers reportedly say that V Global was withholding 1 trillion won. That's $896 million from investors, despite large amounts already being retrieved by police. However, they also say that the actual figures could be much higher. If V Global did fraudulently raise $3.6 billion, the ploy would be among the biggest crypto related Ponzi's in history. On Wednesday, we reported how El Salvador is planning to become the first ever country to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender. But these plans could also be putting the nation on a collision course with the international monetary fund. As stated in the new bill passed by the country's Congress this week, Bitcoin will be unrestricted legal tender in El Salvador, with no limit on transactions. Markets will be determined by Bitcoin's US dollar exchange rate. Bitcoin purchases won't be subject to capital gains tax and vendors must accept Bitcoin, assuming they have the required tech. The bill has also promised to educate citizens on the cryptocurrency and its infrastructure to ensure that people don't get left behind. Those pushing the plan, including the country's president, Nayeb Bukele, claim it would make it easier for Salvadorians working overseas to send money back home. According to the World Bank, those remittances equaled around 20% of the country's GDP in 2019. Bukele also claimed that the move could boost El Salvador's overall economic development. Bitcoin would make financial services more accessible to 70% of the country's population who don't have bank accounts. But despite the slick sales pitch, El Salvador's Bitcoin plans may inject a spanner into the $1.3 billion loan it requested from the IMF. Bukele has been angling for the loan, which is said to rejuvenate its economy since March. But now that Bitcoin is on the table, those funds reportedly could face interruptions and even derail it completely. IMF head of mission to the nation Alina Karare told Reuters it was, quote, following the news. And we'll have more information as we continue our consultations with the authorities. Bitcoin-loving non-profit the Lifeboat Foundation says it's, quote, helping humanity survive existential risks as we approach the singularity. But it appears to be on track for its own crisis, a run-in with the Internal Revenue Service. For context, LBF emerged in 2002 through current president Eric Klein. According to LBF, Klein amassed his fortune trading stocks in the 1990s and by cashing out a Match.com stake in the 2000s. He currently resides in Nevada, where LBF is headquartered. Named figures listed as LBF advisors include the deceased child trafficker Jeffrey Epstein, Ethereum co-founder Vitalik Buterin, Cardano founder Charles Hoskin, Tether founder J.R. Willett and other prominent technologists. Many of LBF's top donors are clearly renowned and well-known industry leaders, although most joined years ago. LBF's disclosed number one fiat donor is even an early Bitcoin adopter with an interest in seasteeding named Bryant Cartmel. Noted reasons for donating range from the earnest to just weird. One reads, I want to help secure a future in which people have opportunities for fulfilling productive lives. And another gave a foreboding quote. A, quote, self-replicating pathogen, whether biological or nanotechnology-based, could destroy our civilization in a matter of days or weeks. The latter was written 15 years ago. In Bitcoin's formative years, LBF launched what it called the world's first Bitcoin endowment fund after generating some interest. The fund has accepted a raft of shitcoins over the years, including long-gone projects like cryptogenic bullion and Noble Coin. LBF says it's raised $16 million worth of crypto. Most of the fund is in Bitcoin, purportedly kept in 13 different addresses across five wallets. 546.9 Bitcoin in total, but also 190 Ethereum. This is where things get a bit fishy. Protoss analysed LBF's 13 Bitcoin addresses and found vastly different figures than those listed on the organisation's website. LBF's addresses have in total received 1,172.74 Bitcoin. That's about $43.9 million, but only 31.21 Bitcoin, $1.17 million, remains. LBF had projected lofty and vague goals for how to spend that Bitcoin endowment, only mentioning that it would crowdsource ideas for how to appropriately spend the crypto in the future. The Bitcoin appears to have been only used for two purposes, buying crypto mining equipment and, quote, diversifying the endowment fund by trading it. So it could be that most of the Bitcoin is still on exchanges ready to convert for fiat for humanity. But checking LBF's 501c3 status, which certifies it as tax-exempt, shows us that LBF is struggling to preserve its ability to accept deductible donations. Turns out they've been failing to file the appropriate docs with the IRS for three consecutive years. So the IRS automatically revoked its tax-exempt status last year. Dozens of tax-exempt organisations have their status revoked monthly, but most were shuttered for good. The Lifeboat Foundation somehow continues to have a presence on Twitter and makes frequent updates to their site. The non-profit could apply to be reinstated as a 501c3 and pay any fines or penalties that may arise, or the IRS will choose to tax all the donations as income and refuse reinstatement. However, this dreaded scenario fails to account for donors who were promised tax write-offs and will instead receive nothing. What these LBF donors will choose to do in lieu of those deductions instead remains to be seen. The IRS reserves the right to rule on which years will no longer longer be deductible at any point. So the auto revocation could hypothetically affect donors going back to 2017. And in the midst of all of this, Lifeboat is looking for a HQ supervisor whose tasks include keeping the HQ clean. We've since reached out for any comment and are sitting tight to hear back. And that's your lot. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode, but we realise there's only so much we can cover in just under 10 minutes, so if you want more of the stories that matter, then check out protoss.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Protoss podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or any other major podcast provider for more weekly roundups. We'll be back next week. See you then.